Everybody has something to share. And if it's shared from your level of experience, from a pure and authentic place, and um, from a place of humility and a place of transparency, it, it is powerful, you know, across the board. That's Julie Pyatt. And this is another Ask Me Anything episode of the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. I am Rich Roll. I am your host. Back at you for a second episode this week. Our second week in a row of doing two episodes a week. And I'm joined today by my lovely co-author and wife, mother of my children. How's it going? It's going good. That's Thanks. Julie. That's Julie Pyatt, if you're new to the podcast. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me back on Ritual. Do you know what the mission is here? I kind of do. You I'm watching get, you. You want to give it a mission. shot of articulating well, the mission of the podcast? What you do here at Rich Roll Podcast, at The Rich Roll Podcast, is you uh, inspire people to find and discover and live their most authentic versions of themselves. And how do you do that? You do that by having the best and the brightest, most groundbreaking, thought-provoking, <laughs> heart-inspiring guests that you can find on the planet to uplift and inspire and lead us all into the depths of our hearts. I like that. You, that should, okay? do, you should do the intro every week. <laughs> it's the mission. The mission is to help you live and be better. So each week I sit down with the best and the brightest across all categories of life, health, and excellence to blow the ceiling off your personal potential. And you're doing it for us. And thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for saying that. And thank you to you guys, the listeners, for subscribing to the show on iTunes. We appreciate that. Uh, The whole iTunes thing is funky, like how that works with the rankings and everything. Sometimes I'm number one and sometimes I'm number 20. I I don't know how that works. I think it has to do with... It's not just the number of people that have listened to the episode. It has to do with new subscribers, and it also has to do with reviews. So if you guys out there have an extra second, go to the iTunes page and give us a review. That helps us out a lot. Give us a very good review. That would help us out. (laughs) A five-star review. That would be preferred, but I'm not here to tell anybody what they (laughs) should do. Uh, Also, thank you for spreading the word about the show to your friends, to your colleagues. On social media, I always love the Instagram posts of people uh, enjoying the podcast out in the wild, you know, on their bike or at work or in the car or what have, what have you. And uh, thanks for subscribing to my newsletter. I send out those updates every week as well as product deals. And I'm going to start doing more with the newsletter soon. Um, and also thank you for clicking through the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for your Amazon purchases. That actually helps us out quite a bit. And it's pretty cool that so many people have bookmarked that and they use it every time they go to Amazon. They make sure that we get credit for that. It doesn't cost uh, the consumer anything extra. It comes out of Amazon's pocket. And that helps uh, us keep this little little train chugging along the tracks. That's right. So thank you. Thank you. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt 
technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in Fleetfoot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem. A problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life and recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. So you're writing a bunch of blog posts right now that are going to be going out. I am. I am. On what I am kind of subject matters? Reason. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Food. 
Um, food, let's rest, see, sharing food, some of the recipes. Yeah, sharing some of the recipes. Also um, talking about, uh, you know, how to handle um, cooking for meat eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, meat eaters in your family, in your extended family. Um, cooking for them or also how to, how to kind of engage them verbally and emotionally? Um, no, this was, this exact, this exact post was really just, you know, three amazing recipes that will please the meat eaters in your life. So yeah, some of it goes off. Yeah. And and some of the other, um, you know, the other emotional and, and kind of energetic things you can do, like, you know, how to be, how to show up in a group of meat eaters. Mm -hmm. Um, and another one is, um, you know, why you should make time. Uh, to cook, <laughs> mm-hmm. why everybody should make time, um, and also, um, you know, uh, how to, um, or what are the benefits of, of, you know, showing up around the family table mm-hmm. as a matter of habit or part of your lifestyle, yeah. stuff like that. And I like also, that. I also just featured some amazing whole foods that I think just get left. You know, we're always looking at how to prepare things, but I just did a, I did a post that just features, you know, some whole foods and brings them front and center and just sort of reminding us that nature gives us a lot of things already, you know, per- perfectly created and we don't need to mess with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I did But those one posts, of those. Haven't, they haven't been published yet for no, people that published. are listening, right? Yeah, like you'll find, you'll see them. right now, so you'll they're going to start rolling out. That's right. Soon and, and I have more. Know. I have a, a lot of writing to do, so I'm, right. I'm feeling that pressure. How has this whole book process been for you? It's been pretty amazing. You know, it's um, it's been uh, you know, I, I'm sort of again. It's like for me, I'm sort of um, I'm just this is my first book, so I'm in I'm more in a beginning place with it. So, but it's been amazing. You know, it's been amazing to. I mean, I think I'm on the brink of it. It's just sort of starting for me. Mm-hmm. People are always asking me or are interested in how we collaborated over it. Like, I think they want to know if we got into big fights or something. Yeah, we did. Totally did. (laughs) Uh, Broke up. No, we didn't really. No. No, I I mean, mean, it was pretty evenly divided. Like, it was kind of natural, like, what you would be mostly focusing on versus what I was going to be mostly focusing on. So we were able to kind of, I mean, and we would... Swap pages. So we weren't fighting over, yeah, I, want, like, I want my peanut butter cookie recipe in the well, book. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, the actual recipe aspect of it is your domain. Like, yeah. I, you know, I made sure that that was your, you know, that you had full control over all of that with, you know, I had some input, but that was really your thing. And I was more focusing on the editorial content, which we split up between both of us. I mean, there's opinion pieces by me and opinion pieces on you. And it has this kind of really nice yin-yang kind of thing to it because we we both offer complimentary but but sort of different perspectives on on issues so well i would say i mean in our family i'm the chef and you're the you know you're more the nutrition expert you know Mm -hmm. and so you know i do what's interesting about our relationship is that we came to this lifestyle through two very different lenses so you know I, i actually i mean i came to it originally through healing myself of a cyst in my neck Um, And then that went deeper into the aspects of energetics and Ayurveda and meditation and frequency Mm -hmm. for me. And you came into it also through a health scare, but then you were focused on performance, like athletic performance. What if it was the other way around and like you became the ultra athlete and then I was like the yoga dude? (laughs) Well, I'm... (laughs) And you were like going to Ultraman. What would that look like? I'm still... Well, I'm 
I still, I think half of that is happening. You are becoming the yoga dude. And I'm still, I, I kind of am. I'm holding that vision for you. So that will uh-huh. be the full actualization as you come through this athleticism. And then, you know, you'll be the, the guy with the orange robes and I, the beard. I am like, you know, like I, when I was at the uh, U.S. Olympic Training Center um, giving my talk to the young swimmers, um, you know, I, I was getting up. And talking to them about mindfulness and yoga and how that can have a positive impact on their performance. And I put a slide up that was a picture of me in a, Yoda, in a lotus position, you know, and I'm thinking, Julie's really the one who should be talking about this, not me. You know, I'm just like the front man for the wisdom that really is coming from you on that. And then the other irony is that, um, <clears throat> you know, I did a, I did, uh, I did a podcast interview with Andy Puttacombe, who's the founder uh, and co-CEO, I think, of Headspace, which is a meditation app that I talk a lot about and I'm always supporting and kind of telling people they should check it out. I have no business affiliation with them whatsoever. I just think it's a helpful tool. Andy was a great, amazing guest, and I'm going to be posting that interview soon. Um, but I also did – they have their own podcast called Headspace Radio, and I did that one. And um, and now they've, like, put me as one of their – like, they're doing, like, a kind of month on fitness and wellness. And so I'm one of their, you know, sort of fitness experts, mm-hmm. like in their blog and on their podcast and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's another thing that's ironic because I feel like that's more your domain. I mean, I, I love it and I can speak to it. And, you know, I, I certainly have reaped the benefits of that practice. But I think you're much further along down the line than I am in that regard by a country mile. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that... I think in life, you know, oftentimes you teach what you need to, you need to learn, you need to embody. I mean, and, you know, I also, I kind of giggle at myself also because um, I had a, I had a moment in my life where, you know, I wanted to sing since I was six years old and then I didn't do it for my whole life. But I did have a moment where my brother, who's this genius musician, Stuart Mathis, who plays for the Wallflowers and Lucinda, his wife, Holly, at the time just called me up and was like, hey, will you be in my band? And I was like, hey, I'm not a musician. And she was like, yeah, hey, you are. So just show up at rehearsal. So for a split second, I was in her band for like three performances and I was terrified. I'd never sang on a mic. I'd never even spoken into a mic before. And um, from that those those three events it, it, it was only three shows because then we didn't do it anymore because Stuart got some tour and he was gone and that was over but I had photographs from that moment in my life really awesome photographs of me singing me on stage singing and I had them up in my house and they sat there for 10 or 15 years until I had my awakening with music and became a musician so I always kind of like when I see that picture of you meditating that's in the book for instance. Um, and you know, you're, you're new to med- meditation. You're very new to meditation. You're just beginning to sit and, you know, and I mean, if you look at it in the vast, you know, the vast scheme of thing, I'm very new to meditation, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even though I've been doing it for, you know, 20 years, so it's, um, it's all perfect. It's like, you know, of course you should be teaching that. And of course you should be embodying that. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I go, let that be a, a uh, what do you call it? Like a a sign of what is coming. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at that picture of you in the book and go, I that should be me <coughs> meditating. That's not what I think. I look uh-huh. at it and go, wow, let that be a sign of what is coming in his evolution. Wouldn't that be beautiful? What is coming? 
Well, I don't know. Only you <laughs> yeah, know. I don't know. I know. I don't know. No, I hope. I mean, I hope that you know. I, I hope if it if it fulfills you and if it touches you and if it if you find meaning in it and and value in it that you continue um, to explore meditation and to explore the deeper, uh, more expanded spiritual aspects of yourself. Yeah, well, I would wish that for every human being. Yeah, that's the plan. You know, that's the. I mean, I've embarked on that. Uh, quite imperfectly, but at least, uh, you know, the ship is pulled out of the dock, right? Exactly. So, I mean, that's a good place for me to ask you, you know, what do you think is, what is your, you know, hope and aspiration for this book? Like, what is it, like, if you could have your your way with, you know, it's it's gone out into the world and, and it's doing its thing, like, how do you, you know, what is your vision for that? Well, I mean... You know, from a very a deep part of the of the creation of it is, you know, um, I understand what a gift and what a blessing it is to feed people, and that how much nurturing and power and transformation and love um, is inherent in the food that we eat and in the uh, sacred rite or ritual of actually serving food. And you know, anybody that's been over to our house, you know, they come in. And, you know, their encounter, they're embraced with a lot of creativity, a lot of sharing, a lot of openness. You know, our space is very open. It's open to nature. So there's beautiful design. There's music. There's open energy, a welcoming energy. And then there's a lot of amazing tasting food. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's chaotic. It's It's not all neat and pretty. You know, it's a family of seven, you know, that are all artists and all existing and all creating and things aren't always in place. Like if I had one, you know, one sort of thing in the back of my self that bugs me once in a while is I wish I had sort of an extra aspect of me that could put things in order a little bit better when somebody comes in. But when somebody comes into our house, they really get the essence of us if they come and spend an afternoon with us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is what we have shared through the book. It's almost like we've invited the reader into our home and we've allowed them to experience the, uh, a slice of our life with us, you know, through the lifestyle, through it being shot, you know, mostly at our home in the, in the area, the land that where we love, you know, where we live. And, um, yeah, I feel like we, it's sort of like we've prepared a seat at our family table and we've said, come on in and join us because mm-hmm. obviously we don't have the physical capacity to invite people all over the world into our home, but we've really done it with this book. And so if I had a, like a core desire is I, I just hope that the book inspires, touches something deep inside someone else that inspires them, whether it's create creatively, spiritually, athletically, um, call it like in the kitchen with food. I just hope that it inspires something that's really pure and authentic within each one of you and that from our example of living our life that you can find a starting point to jump off into your own expression that will carry you way beyond what we've experienced or in a different way in your own unique way but mm-hmm. that would be that would be my my deepest dream for the book mm-hmm. yeah it's not like well i hope that you you know can make uh, you know, a, a pie a little bit more delicious. No, but you will. <laughs> you will, but you'll actually make really some really delicious not, pies. But yeah, so I think it's it's 
you know, that's the heart and the core of the book, right? It's, yes, it's filled with all of these, you know, delicious recipes and beautiful photography of the food, but, but it's really, on some level, it, you know, I feel like it transcends that because it's not, as much as it is about that, it's not about that. No. It's about a lifestyle. It's about showing that these aspects of food and these uh, these principles and these um, these energies, these these ideas that we live with and that we cultivate within our lives, they permeate out into all areas of your life. And you know, nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's a process. We call it an evolution revolution. That's what it is. It's a moving, changing, living organism, and. That is what each being, that's the life of each human being, you mm-hmm. know? And so, um, yeah, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The plant power way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, well, uh, I want to, that was beautifully said, and I, I couldn't have said that better for sure. I mean, I, you know, look, we're super proud of this book. We can't wait to share it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the thick of it right now, like trying to do all this media stuff and get the word out about it. So, um, so we just, you know, I just, it's on our brains and we wanted to share that with you. So thank you for that. And for people that, uh, that, uh, haven't pre-ordered it yet, or maybe you're new to the show, we're offering $300,000 worth of pre-order bonus gifts incentives for everybody who pre-orders the book prior to April 28th, which is the day it goes on sale. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. Like you'll get nine, uh, bonus recipes that are not in the book. You'll get all these discount codes, including like 20. If you, but if you pre-order one book, you get 20% off an Omega juicer. And those are like amazing masticating juicers that are anywhere from like 230 bucks all the way up to like 450. So 20% off that's significant savings as it ramps up into you buy three books, you buy five books, you buy 10 books, that discount code goes up to like 40% and with all these other added extra awesome bonuses. So, um, you know, again, it's our way of saying thank you. And it's cool to be able to say, hey, for, you know, the 28 bucks that you're going to spend at barnesandnoble.com or IndieBound or or Amazon to pick up the book, uh, you're going to get all this other stuff that's <laughs> worth way more than 28 bucks, plus you get the book. So anyway... Yeah. Yes. There's some good stuff. Cool. Yeah. There's so, a lot of really good anyway, stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, just go to ritual.com. Um, the green band that shows up across the top of the page will direct you to the page that has all the information on how you can participate in all of that. So, okay. Well, why don't we um, take some questions from the listeners? Yeah. Let's get into it. Would you like to do it. that? It's yeah, been a while since we've done the Q&A thing. Let's do it. Right. So I went through some of them, and I found a couple good ones, and I thought a good one to kick it off with is uh, one from Lars Tandrup, and he writes uh, as follows. Your discussions about mindfulness and that you are not your thoughts can create your own reality have resonated very well with me. I sometimes look back at my life and wish I had known or paid attention to that earlier in my life. My daughter is 15 and in high school. And I think she and other young adults could benefit tremendously from learning and thinking about some of these concepts. I see the pressure they are being exposed to in terms of selecting college, tests, finding out who they really are, peer pressure, exposure to drugs, alcohol, etc. But I'm unsure how to approach the subject with her. Do you have any experience with good ways 
of discussing these concepts with teenagers? Hmm. So I thought that was a pretty good question That's for good you. Question. Hi, Lars. Thanks so much for your question. Um, you want me to take this? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, okay, so she's already 15. So she's already in sort of this, um, you know, teenager uh, stage of her life. Um, I have found the most powerful thing for teenagers is to get them into a yoga class. So um, whether, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with her. I don't know if you could go with her to a, a yoga class or if that would be frightening to her. She would want to go alone. But there there are some versions of yoga that are out there that are um, are being taught to music, to kind of popular music. And I found with teenagers that teaching them to a playlist that they like is an amazing um, tool, and it actually the the physical yoga practice will start to do the transformation on on her, mm-hmm. and um, um, it's very enjoyable. It will le- release endorphins. It will make her feel good. Um, uh, it just really, really is nurturing to the body. And then I would say. Um, after that, you could explore, you know, doing some meditations together. Um, I don't know how open she is. So, you know, maybe she's very worldly and she's very open to, you know, other ways of doing things. Um, I would also suggest my meditation program, which is Jai Release um, on the Ritual site. It's a 30-minute guided meditation that she can put on her iPad and put, you know, headphones on and, um, you know, experience a a pretty complete 30-minute meditation. Um, So those are two ideas that I have. Yeah, I think think that's a wise approach as opposed to, let's sit down and have a talk, and I'm going to preach to you about the benefits of, you know, it's not going to work, right? She's not going to hear that. Um, I think the other thing would be to figure out, like, well, who is she into? Like, who, who does she sort of respond to in terms of, you know, popular culture Pop, you know, pop culture figures out there and who among those people is into something like that. Like, for example, like Russell Brand, he's all about mindfulness and meditation. He talks about this stuff a lot. And he has the ability to connect with younger people in a way that, you know, a lot of other people can't. So I'm not saying Russell Brand is the person that your daughter should tune into, but maybe there's somebody that's more on her wavelength that she can hear the message from. Yeah, right? definitely. I mean, in our case, you know, we our boys are 20 and 18 and they're all about this kind of stuff, but it wasn't it was different in the sense that it wasn't like they reached 15 and you no. decided to have that it was time to deal with this. They just grew up with it or because they're because you're their mom. Yeah, and I mean, they went in and out. Like I I can just I have a visual actually um going to one of these kind of high energy rock and roll yoga classes and they would sometimes come with me to class and hang off my body. I had two little kind of babies <laughs> mm-hmm. hanging off the front and the back. Um, and then they went through different phases. They went through phases where they weren't into it at all. And I wouldn't say that they're, you know, they're not ultra flexible, um, you know, yogi types. However, um, they are, you know, they're very into yoga. Yoga is a part of their life and we meditate together and they meditate without me. And, you know, the pretty much I know, I told them the other day, actually in the car, I said, I know you guys are be okay because I know you have yoga. So it's not that life isn't going to present difficulties. It is because that's how life is designed, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're good because they have tools they have meditation practice and they have yoga practice that they can do no matter where they are. And they do turn to it in times of stress, in times of, you know, where they're feeling, you know, just some transformation going on. I would also say um, 
a really amazing thing you could do for your daughter is find, you know, the best yoga um, center in town and buy her a month series mm-hmm. and just and agree to drop her off. Just say, I'm, I'm gifting you this. Anytime you want to go, I'll take you and mm-hmm. I'll drop you or whatever. That's yeah, what that's I would great. do. That's great. And then and then uh, she can she can kind of take ownership of it herself as mm-hmm. opposed to you you telling her this or that. Yeah, that's right. And then the other thing, Lars, is I would get her autobiography of a yogi if she likes to read. Um, it's a very, a very amazing book, a classic yoga um, text, and uh, it's a story. And um, a lot of young people enjoy reading that, and people mm-hmm. of all ages. But check it out. Timothy Sheaf was over at the house uh, a couple weeks ago <laughs> to right. do another podcast. I just love that guy. He's the parkour artist ninja dude that can, you know, do handstands on the top of the Brooklyn Bridge and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's just an extraordinary individual. And he's kind of really like he has evolved since the first time that we sat down with him. He didn't even look the same. He looks totally different. Mm-hmm. Now he's got long hair and his interests are shifting and he's expanding and it's pretty cool to see. And he's he's really starting to get into meditation and yoga in a way that he wasn't the first time he came over. I mean, I think you could see him dancing around these ideas and it's not surprising that he's moved towards it, but it's different now. Like he's like all in, in a way that he wasn't before. And, and uh, he was looking for some books to read. So we gave him our copy of Autobiography of a Yogi, which I've read like three times and it's all dog-eared and, you know, the pages are all bent in it and stuff like that. And he's digging it. Like mm-hmm. he's tweeted about it, like he's quoting from it in his Twitter feed and, and he emailed and just said how grateful he was to be, to have been gifted that book because he's really getting a lot out of it. That's so, so cool. Well, I all, and I also actually, he kept, he was asking me sort of second and third questions. It took me a minute and he was like, is there any, are there any physical practices in this book? And then I said, wait a second. And I went up and I, I got a book that is, it's uh, by the uh, Bihar School of Yoga and it's um, Swami Sachitananda and um, uh, Saraswati. And um, it's like the original um, very, very classical asana book. And so I gave it to him and it had actually been signed by his successor. So it was signed by Narasimha. And I said, this is a very sacred book, but it's perfect that I gave it to him because he's the master of physicality. Right. You know, so I hope who that Who else he, would you give it to? Who else would I? Probably I no one. I would have never, yeah. I would have never given it to anybody, but right. yeah, it's really cool. So cool. great. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know when I'm posting that interview with Timothy, but probably in the next couple right. weeks or something like and that. And I have to say, it was a little bit hard for me to give him that autobiography of a yogi copy because it's our copy that we had when we were living in the teepees. <laughs> And I, was yeah. like, I look at that and I can see the teepees when we were building our home. And uh, but anyway, but I think it was good it to give it to all him. The more beautiful Absolutely, that we gave it to yeah, him. Yeah, it was. All right, let's move on to another. Thanks, question. Lars. Good luck yeah, with thanks. that. Thanks. Um, so this is from Michelle Rhodes, and she asks, um, "My question has to do with my kids who are 17 and 14, and who play national soccer and lacrosse respectively. How do I modify their plant-based diet to be sure?" that they are getting the proper nutrients to fuel their explosive sprint-based sports. So, yeah, so we have some experience with this. Uh, Trapper, our 18-year-old, played varsity soccer this year, and now our 11-year-old Mathis is playing hockey, uh, which is an interesting thing. I would have not predicted that I would have become a hockey dad, but that's what's <laughs> happening. And, uh, and so, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're plant-based, and <clears throat> you know, as all our kids are, uh, 
so uh, the question has to do with what you would change to make sure that they're getting everything that they need. And, and my answer to that really is not much. You know, I don't think that you have to really do anything that different. I think that the the main thing is that, you know, their caloric needs are going to be a little bit higher. So portion sizes are probably going to be bigger. But if you're feeding them, you know, basically, you know, whole plant-based foods prepared, you know, pretty close to their natural state, that, you know, nature will rig it for you to make sure that, you know, they're getting what they need. Um, but to the extent that you're looking for kind of tips for for just making sure or being able to sleep better at night, you know, uh, plant-based foods that are higher in protein, making sure that maybe you up the uh, percentage of things like lentils, mung beans, quinoa, um, and always making sure they're getting their greens. You know, if you're eating a plant-based diet, but you're not getting your greens in every day, I think that you're missing out. They're so dense in phytonutrients and micronutrients. So I think that's important. Um, I think, you know, pre, pre-practice, you know, for them to have a green smoothie with kale and, you know, maybe put some beets in there, which really help with athletic performance in a training context. They help with the, um, uptake of oxygen and, and carrying it through your bloodstream to your muscles. Uh, so, you know, adding a little beat in there is great. And, um, but, you know, I think it's, 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 you don't have to overcomplicate it. You know, their carbohydrate needs are probably going to be higher. So sweet potatoes or, you know, the potato salad that's in our cookbook are probably good. I mean, what are some of the things that Trapper, who's 18 and is in this category, prefers like what are his favorite dishes that you make for him or that you're always trying to make sure that he gets so that he feels good before and after his practices well i mean he just eats a lot of food i mean he he eats you know good portions and good quality foods stays away from processed foods you know packaged foods don't 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 be eating vegan junk food and think that that's you know a good thing so i would stay away from gluten for inflammation across the board whether you think you're gluten insensitive or not um and uh, coconut water, definitely introduce coconut water to replenish the system um, using uh, small amounts of turmeric root. Um, just hide it in the smoothie or sprinkle it in a soup or a stew. That's really good for infl- uh, reducing inflammation. Uh, another one of my favorites is hemp seeds. Make sure that they get hemp seeds and chia seeds. Um, yeah, either high in omega threes, and hemp seeds are also high in protein. In protein, as well. so you can uh, sprinkle those in a morning porridge. Um, you know, some kind of you know really uh, oatmeal has a gluten in it, but it's very very low. So it could be some oatmeal mixed with some chia seeds and some hemp seeds. Get some walnuts in there, even goji berries. My seven year old loves goji berries, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, so those are some things you can do. And the other thing that I would also add in, especially if there's an energy, um, you know, a little energy concern, um, put a half a teaspoon of a good quality spirulina into either the oatmeal that that'll be more intense because they'll see the green and they, you know, it depends on the kid, you know what it is, but you could put it into the smoothie or even just dissolve it in water and drink it, um, I find that to be extremely energizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I'll take like half a tablespoon of spirulina, put it in water with lemon and just drink it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which is intense maybe for somebody who's new to this, but it makes me feel great, actually. That's mm, really so, good. Also, um, bananas, I think. Did I say bananas like well, for here's, cramping? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a that's kind of a myth now. It is. Actually, okay, there's see. this idea that like 
that bananas have all this potassium, uh, but they're actually not that it's high. It's a myth potassium. now. Yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? There's other foods. <laughs> you that ate are a lot of bananas. I think that that the thing that you butt up against, and we've experienced this, is uh, is when you go to the games or the practices and. The you know there's always one parent. It's their week to bring the snacks or the food or or whatever. And you know ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, it's just the worst stuff ever. Like it's just pizza or just garbage. You know, just garbage food. And then there's a lot of candy bars and sports bars and sugary drinks and the Gatorades and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, trying to you know find healthier alternatives. Uh, for that, for your child, can sometimes be tricky, especially when they're on a team and they want to be doing what their other kids are doing, and there's a little bit of peer pressure involved. But um, you know, coconut water, bananas, dates, uh, things like that are, are are you know actually much more effective and obviously much more nutritious than most of that kind of stuff. Well, and I I took uh, fruit smoothies too. I was snack mom for Mathis's hockey game this week, and I took fruit smoothies, um, and I was shocked that. Um, half of the kids refuse them. <laughs> right. Like what was in the fruit smoothie? It was like, just it wasn't like, green, right? no, I made like... sure I was like, don't, I was like, I better roll in mellow. Right. Uh-huh. So I just roll. And I also had some um, gluten-free vegan cupcakes from our bakery, from Carmen Baker, but which aren't, which, you know, are not, um, I, I cannot say that they're health food, you know, they're just mm-hmm. not, but I brought some of those little mini ones and then I brought the smoothies. But it's interesting. Yeah, I kept the green out and even as is, you know. So it was like banana, strawberry. Basically, maybe Mm -hmm. some chia. And it just freaked some of the kids out. Yeah, and then half were really, really excited and half the parents were really excited. and, And so I think we made a difference, you know. But, you know, half were like, you know, I'm not touching that. Right. It's the microbes. You know, literally their microbes are like, you know start to freak out. So you just have to, you just have to stand there and just, and, you know, just be neutral and just, you know, right. so I said, Oh, I'll, I'll volunteer, volunteer to come again. So let me know if you want me to do it another time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, for me, uh, in an athletic context and making sure that like, I'm kind of getting what I need, you know, it just has to be hearty, you know, it has to like stick to the bones. I, I can't eat like just some light meal after a huge workout. Like I need something that has some heft to it, like, you know, a giant bowl of chili or some some of that azuki bean pasta, you know, with your plant-based fettuccine sauce or, mm-hmm. you know, lentils. You know, lentils are actually great for that if you mix in veggies and other things like that. So Yeah, and I mean, the other thing that we have... about portions. In the cookbook coming up, and you'll, there's a whole section is it's, it's our one bowls. And, you know, there are periods of our life that we, those are just coming out of our kitchen all the time. So they're pretty close to a macrobiotic type of eating. So it's a sautéed green with, you know, a quinoa or a rice or a millet and then um, maybe a baked yam or some sautéed bananas or some fresh avocado with a sauce, some kind of sauce, whether it's gluten-free tamari. Mm-hmm. It could be a, a, like a ginger glaze um, with um, you know some fresh ginger root and fresh tur- turmeric. Or it could be um, just like a, a cashew cheese sauce with some nutritional yeast in it, which has a lot of B vitamins. And make sure also that you guys are getting B12. Make sure you're taking a B12 supplement and incorporating nutritional yeast into your diet as much as possible. Next one. This one is from Wade. What's up, Wade? Um <clears throat> Wade asks, I would love some tips and lessons you have learned along the way of your podcasting journey so I can get off to a good start. This guy's uh, looking to start a podcast. 
focusing on vegans in business and providing business tips for vegan entrepreneurs. All right. Well, awesome, man. Uh, very cool. So, you know, things that I've learned along the way. I think the first thing is, I don't know. I, you know, it's not like I had it all planned out and, and when I decided to do it. Like, we just started it, you know, and it's kind of gone on its own journey. But I think the most important thing that I've learned has nothing to do with what kind of mic you're using or what, what your audio setup is or, you know, all of that kind of technical stuff. You'll learn how to do that the way that works for you as you go along. The most important thing to me is, is you know, what are you doing that no one else is doing? Like, what is your, what is your sort of, um, you know, place in the marketplace? Like, what kind of content are you going to be putting out that, you know, isn't all already readily available or being done by somebody else? So I think that's the first thing. Like, <clears throat> not that it has to be contrived, but I think that you have to say, oh, you know, I'm interested in this subject matter and I couldn't find it anywhere. So that's a niche that could be filled. So I think that's important. And then the second thing is if you're going to be doing an interview show, I mean, the most important thing that I've learned over the 140 episodes of doing this is that uh, what's much more important to me is the most important thing to me is having an authentic exchange and experience with the person that I'm talking to. And that trumps everything else. That trumps the information. That trumps the questions. It trumps the answers. For me, it has to feel like we connected. And through that dance that occurs... Uh, something genuine was expressed. So the information must be subservient to that. And so that means that you have to be prepared for your interviews, but then you have to be willing to throw that script out and just be present with what's happening and guide it, but let it guide you as well. So what I found is that when I do, when I'm a guest on a lot of shows, the person has come to the interview with their list of questions and they're much more interested in making sure they get through all their questions than they are in what your response to those questions is, right? So in an interview, like kind of interviewing 101 is, uh, your next question is always built into the response that the person is giving to you. And if you're listening, you'll always know what your next question is if you're really listening. But if you're not listening and you're looking at your list of questions, what happens is the question gets asked, I'll answer the question, and then there's a pause and the person says, awesome. And then they ask the next question on the list. <laughs> and to me, that's fine. I get it. But to me, that's not a dance. That's not, uh, that's not a, um, I feel like it's a missed opportunity, right? It's not really a conversation. It's kind of a one-way street as opposed to this spherical, you know, kind of organic living thing that has its own, you know, life and and kind of, uh, you know, place that it wants to go. Right. So that's my biggest advice. Well, I think that's really profound advice. And I think that the way that you just express that, um, you know, is, uh, is like a commentary on how the podcast for you has become a meditation and mindfulness, actually. So you're... You're actually open. You, you have an idea of where you're going, but you're open to be in the moment. What you're looking for is the energetic connection. And to the, the amount of success or what you're calling success is tied to your ability to be present in the moment with the person you're connecting to. That's meditation. 
Sorry, I didn't hear anything. You just said I was thinking about something else. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's the difference. And yeah. I mean, well, the, the way that Rich does podcasts and, you know, prefers to, and sometimes he makes, you know, an exception to this is that you, you know, you, you're looking for the one-on-one sitting in the room with the person. So you're mm-hmm. not doing a bunch of Skype interviews, which yeah, makes I mean, it very, I've, very rough if you, if you uh, don't. If you yeah, don't have a big network. I've or broken don't. my rule and done Skype interviews from from time to time with varying levels of success. But, you know, all things being equal, like, you know, I would always, I always, you know, want, like I always require that it's an in-person thing because that's what it's about for me. And it doesn't matter how compelling the person is on Skype. You're not getting the best version of what it would be if you were actually staring them in the face mm-hmm. while it's happening. It's just different, you know, and that's what I'm looking for. That's much more important to me than, than you know, making sure that, the, you know, that, that a certain kind of kernel of information is expressed. And that's different from other people. Like, you know, I, and I don't have any judgment on it one way or the other. That's just the way that I prefer to do it. And that's what I've found that, that I'm good at. And so, you know, because I don't know, you know, that's, that's what I try to do to distinguish what I'm doing from what other people are doing. And sometimes that makes it tricky because they're – you know, if I could, if I did Skype interviews, then I would have access to a lot more people and I could put up more episodes and, you know, I could get people on more timely with what they're doing and, you know, it would just be a very different animal. So I realized that it takes me longer to get to certain people that I want to interview because we have to be in the same place and all of that kind of stuff. So it puts it on more of a, a slow burn kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm at peace with that. I'm fine with that. But to this guy's question, Wade's question... Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would really, you know, sit down and, and write out like, what is it that you want to do? Look at what other people are doing in a, in the in the related space. How is yours going to be different? Why should somebody tune in to listen to you um, as opposed to the alternative? And try to come up with something unique and different. Um, and you know, I think it's great. You know, I love the podcasting medium. I love the fact that it's having this moment right now, this kind of moment where it's never been more popular which is so ironic because it's kind of the, you know, the original form of media back, back to, you free know, radio. Yeah, like radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I love the fact that, you know, people are out there starting podcasts left and right. So good luck to you. Cool. So let's move on. Uh, Carson Gross has a question. What are some first steps that a person can take to begin sharing things they've learned? For me, this relates mostly to nutrition and running. How can I start helping others discover these things that have helped me so much in my life? So I think you could take that. It doesn't matter that it's about running or whatever it is. It's just this idea of taking something that you're interested in and you're passionate about and kind of, you know, flipping the switch and getting into kind of service or this, you know, more of a, you know, teacher or mentor or, you know, kind of role. I mean, I think one of the key things that we all have to go through in our evolution in the trajectory of, of becoming ourselves and returning home to who we really are is, is, um, you know, sort of a process of learning and unfolding and discovery. And, and I really feel like the, the only place that you can share from is from personal experience, right? Because, that's all we all have. Um, and what I would, I would, I would um, sort of raise a little, um, a little caution or a little uh, awareness to take a look at, um, to make sure that you're not running a program of, you know, I, I want to help people before you've, 
you've hit a certain level of actualization in your own development. So, you know, I can speak to, you know, Rich and I had this, um, you know, this vision of the plant power way. It was called Jai Lifestyle and it was, you know, existed 12 years ago when we first got our land and we had, you know, a website and we were doing yoga retreats in Italy and design and and we had a tribe community, um, you know, where we would gather, we would have events, all this type of stuff. And on the surface, it was um, all seemingly really good stuff that we were trying to develop. Um, and the truth of the matter is both of us had a lot of transformation that we needed to go through before we could really serve and service. So um, I would, you know, I don't know you, so I don't know where you are in your journey. So I would just say, again, the only place you can start is within yourself, and it must be very personal. So if if what you're looking for is an authentic um, path to service, and then by doing that and by going deeper into yourself and into your own um, process and sharing that as authentically and transparently as possible your life will then provide you certain transformational experiences. Some will be extremely challenging (laughs) and you might be questioning your choices and, you know, some will be beautiful and expansive, you know, it will be the the whole, the whole box. Um, So that's, you know, that's what I think. And I, I also would say that we all have to be very, very mindful in, the fact that we're moving in a world where, you know, you're, you're required to make money, you know, there's a business kind of world running and then it's your own spiritual evolution. So how do we bridge those two things? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, very crucial to be very careful that you are not projecting um, your, um, your energy in any way via products, via opinions, via judgments on other people. Um, telling them that this is the way they should do it because um, that is not balanced energy. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can do is share from your experience with no no mo- no manipulation and no like coercion or wanting for anybody to be like you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a very transparent um, process and I feel like if you stay within those boundaries and you're just like, I'm sharing from my heart and this is what happened to me, you can stay clear of certain karmic trappings that um, will trip you up if you you know, get in the illusion that you know the way for someone else and you're going to show them how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's wise. I would, I would add a little bit of a caveat to that. I mean, there was some, there was some, some sense in your response that, uh, you know, it's important to make sure that you're kind of well down your path of learning and knowledge and whatever it is that you want to share. And I think that, um, I mean, that's always evolving and progressing and continuing. There's no destination to that. Uh, I think that, you know, if you have gained some experience, that there is always value in sharing that as long as you're sharing it as Julie said, in the context of your own experience as opposed to some kind of, um, you know, lecture-based approach. In recovery, they say, you know, like people come in, you know, they get sober, they put together a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, and they really don't know anything about recovery. But somehow they've, they've managed to stay sober for however short period of time that is. And there's a sense, 
you know, with most of these people, like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have anything. You know, I have, there's no way that I can help anyone because I don't, I still don't know what I'm doing. But that person has uh, had an experience that somebody who walks through the door who's on their first day of sobriety has not yet experienced. And so there's value and wisdom that that person can then share with that newcomer that maybe that newcomer uh, will be able to receive because that person is going to be able to relate to the person who only has a couple weeks of sobriety because the person who has 10 years, that just, they can't connect with that emotionally, right? So there is, there is, you know, this idea that like, let's say you put it in the running context, like somebody just ran their first 5k, they lost a bunch of weight, they ran their first 5k, they did it very slowly. Now, this person is not an expert on running, is not necessarily an expert on anything, but they were able to accomplish something. And I think to be able to share that experience to somebody else who has not yet run a 5K and is intimidated by that has value. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, completely, 100% agree. And yes, everybody has something to share from where they are in their journey. Um, I guess I was speaking a little bit more to the tendency in some of us to... um, you know, get a little bit of experience and then think that we need to go out and save the world, which in fact, we, we need to start right at home within our own selves. And by, mm-hmm. by starting at home and focusing at home and looking at yourself, you can then be a much greater healer, teacher, leader, you know, by that. But yes, there is, you know, everybody has something to share. And if it's shared from your level of experience, from a pure and authentic place, and um, from a place of humility and a place of transparency, it, it is powerful, you know, across the board. All right, let's move on to a different question. This one is going to be for Julie. It's from Jen Robinson. <clears throat> Rich often talks about the difficulties that men face as they enter or walk the path of wellness and are perceived to be less masculine. Can you please talk about the difficulties or unique gender experiences that women face along this path? Hmm. I mean, do you, Hi, Jen. do you have thoughts on that? I don't, ask me the question again. Can you talk about the difficulties or unique gender experiences that women face along this path? So is there something inherent to being a female that creates some kind of unique experience about you being, you know, plant-based? Or, you know, I don't know. Not really. Yeah, I'm not not really feeling that. Um, Let me see if I can feel into what (laughs) What she's asking. We got to leave Jen with something. Jen, we got to give you something. I'm trying to feel in. Um, Well, let's see. Hmm. No, I mean, usually there's not, because it's not in this, in this world, it's not, uh, you know, it's not viewed wimpy, you know, to then embrace plant, a plant-based diet. You know, it's like, you know, she's the alternative yoga hippie girl. So maybe that would be it. I mean, I would say, I would say one, one case where I could share this experience is when I was, um, faced with, um, a golf ball sized cyst that showed up in my neck rather quickly and, uh, um, I went to, you know, doctors to get it checked out and had an MRI and, and everything. And, and, uh, when I decided that I was going to treat it, uh, naturally, um, through the use of, you know, plant medicine and Ayurveda, 
Um, I was marginalized by the doctors. I was, you know, patted on the head. I was also marginalized by Rich Roll, who's mm-hmm. looking at me right now from behind the mic. Yeah, he didn't well, tell the me. That, the part that you left out is that every specialist said that it was never going to go away short of surgery. Mm-hmm. And that was just a fact, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. this was a long time ago and I had a different perspective on things. So, yeah, I was concerned. I was like, the doctors are telling you, like, they've told you, you can't do this. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I would say probably now I'm getting more to the core. Thanks, Jen. Now I'm getting more to the core of what the question is for me. And that is that because I have chosen um, a wellness lifestyle and uh, because I know that there is power in the plants and that they carry an actually an energetic communication and resonance, which actually restored my body to a perfect balance as it was created, um, to heal itself, um, I am often marginalized by a lot of people, or that is their opinion to me is, you know, she's the hippie chick or, you know, isn't that, you know, isn't that weird that she thinks that way? And, um, you know, when in fact I have concrete experience that I healed myself of a massive cyst in my neck, which I don't know, you know, that many other people that have had the courage to actually go down that road and face my, you know, face themselves in that way. So that's probably the biggest challenge of me being me in this world. And I've had to, um, you know, practice a lot of um, compassion and neutrality. And also, um, I would say maybe one of my biggest wounds is, um, is other people feeling me to be so different from them because I don't feel a difference between me and anybody. So I'm always the last to know. <laughs> I, I sort of right. have this kind of childlikeness about me where, you know, I can be in a group and just not feel any separation. And then when I leave the group, they're like, whoa, she was really strange. Yeah, I've witnessed that <laughs> firsthand, by the way, where we'll be in a group of people and you'll start sharing some, you know, perspective mm. that you don't realize in your mind. I don't. Like I have a, I have a pretty acute ability to kind of, survey a room and and kind of know where everyone's coming from like I can kind of intuit that or empathize with everybody's perspective and I'm probably too sensitive to that I have this like people pleasing thing and I think that's how I was able to develop that awareness whereas you don't really care you're just like hey man I'm here and here here's what I think and then like you'll like lay something out and I'm like very aware like whoa this is like, like oh no she and, did but it you're, again but you're like yeah but you're not you're not aware that that's how it's landing. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we've had conversations where I was like, yeah, you might want to dial that back dial a little that bit in next a little time. Bit. And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I can't, you know, again, it's like, you know, the journey for me is just being who I am. That's all I can be. You know, it's kind of between me and me and me. And uh, so I think that that's been challenging. But, you know, I also know that, um, you know, um, I know that, there's wisdom in, in, in this way. And so, um, I have to take, um, refuge in knowing that, um, even if somebody thinks I'm a little weird or I'm a little off base, something I say, something I offer, maybe one little morsel of that is something that they take with them or sticks with them. And maybe it inspires them and maybe it doesn't. And it's all okay. Mm -hmm. By the way, Jen loves your music and she'd like to hear more of it. And she wants to know if you're planning on writing your own memoir. Oh, Jen, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you for listening to my music. It's um, 
it's just been one of the dearest, dearest expressions of my life. And uh, I always greatly appreciate it when people take the time to listen to my music. It's uh, created with my boys over seven years as we became musicians together. And uh, I still pinch myself that I uh, even got to experience that um, mm -hmm. while I'm alive. Um, yes, I am writing my own memoir. As a matter of fact, I wrote, uh, I had over 500 pages done. Um, and I was writing it in a sort of in a perspective of a homeschool movement, and that has now um, been put on hold. So I now have a new timeline. I have an agent, and um, uh, I have a new structure, and I am actually um, diving back into that. So, yes, I am writing my own memoir, and thank you for asking, and um, uh, I hope to connect with you down the path. Thanks, Jen. Cool. All right. This one's from Lisa Manchi. And she wants to talk about um, being plant-based on a budget. I mean, basically, she's saying uh, eating plant-based has become easier and fun for our family, but I continue to struggle with our purchases of other items and the high price tag that can sometimes come with those purchases. I constantly am in an internal struggle when I go shopping because I haven't done enough research or any at all. And I'm not sure what went into the process of making all of our belongings or if I'm paying twice as much for nothing. I don't want to drive myself crazy worrying about this, but I would love to learn how to keep, my, how to keep making conscious decisions to be ethical when it comes to providing our family with all the extras. I worry about everything from the next pair of running shoes I need to our shampoo. Can you help navigate the right road to living more ethically and putting the fun back into shopping? So this is great um, question that I think brings up a lot of different things. I mean, we're you know we could talk about food and and how to you know shop plant based more economically, which is certainly something that everybody is interested in. And then how do you kind of extend that awareness into the other consumer choices that you're making? You know, th this podcast has really been <clears throat> an exploration and expanding that awareness that we're bringing to food to other things. Like we had Joshua Catcher on, and we're learning about how our clothes are made, where they're coming from, and you know, when you when you talk to the food babe, you learn about or, you know, with her and other people like, you know, some of the things that are going into our foods and, and you know, how to be more aware of that. And Gene Bauer said something interesting when I interviewed him, which is that, you know, all of this is really, um, you know, when it comes to being, you know, making more more conscious consumer choices, it's an aspiration. You know, we all live in this world, Right. If you drive in a car or you ride in an airplane, like nobody is going to be perfect. Like we all are leaving some kind of footprint behind and we can't, you know, walk this path without living in a, you know, a cave in complete isolation without, you know, having some kind of impact. So it's about trying to be better and being more aware, but also understanding that you're not going to do it perfect. And, you know, you've got to make peace with that, I think, on some level, because otherwise you're going to make yourself insane. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's an evolution revolution. So it's always moving. It's a process. Everybody's in their own own space at their own time. I do think that the key place to focus on this is with your food because it's the most important uh, aspect with what you're putting in your in your mouth is affecting the planet the planet at large. So I would share with you that you know I share a little bit of your pain, um, although. I know without a doubt with, with complete resolve that our food, the quality of the food that is in our home is the number one most important expense in our life. So we spend a lot on food and 
I feel really good about it. And, you know, I had some friends over a couple of weeks ago and, you know, one of them said to me, uh, well, isn't this kind of eating really expensive? And sort of just spontaneously out of my mouth came, it's not as ex- as expensive as cancer. And everybody kind of stopped. <laughs> they were like, whoa. They were like, you should, you know, write that. That should be a blog post or something. And I didn't mean to say it. So I didn't have any energy behind it, but it just came out of my mouth. And, and that is really the truth. That's and It doesn't have to be cancer. But the point is, is that it is the most important thing you could be spending money on. So... I don't think you should feel badly about making sure that you have the best ingredients that you can find at the most, you know, the best prices that you can find. Of course, be mindful, buy online, you know, buy local, you know, go to Trader Joe's, um, get a a subscription to Thrive Market, you know. um, Yeah, Thrive Market is a great, that's a great cost savings right there. I mean, Thrive Market is basically an online Whole Foods that our friend Gennar started. Uh, I think it's just thrivemarket.com. And we're we're actually offering free memberships and discount codes with the pre-order campaign for our book. When you pre-order our book, you get, you, you get a free membership. Um, and essentially, they have so many of the products that you would ordinarily buy at Whole Foods, but at like something like 20 to 40% cheaper. And of course, it gets mm-hmm. shipped to you, right? But that's a great way right there to start exploring increasing the nutritional quality of your foods without breaking your bank or trying to do it more on in a, in a budget conscious way. Right. So you can do that or you can, you know, buy in bulk, you know, through Amazon or, you know, I have a bunch of mason jars in my pantry and, uh, you know, just get Nut, your nuts.com nuts.com, like get your, you know, get yourself established with the foundation that you need and then fill in with the farmer's market as you go. Um, and then with the other stuff, I would say, yeah, it's a, it's a, we're all, we all have a footprint. So we all have to keep looking at our lives. How can we change that footprint? Then maybe the focus goes to your cleaning products. Like what are you using in your house? You know, what, what, what chemicals are you using in your house that are there? Um, so you can move, you know, to a little bit different awareness there. Shampoo, toothpaste, uh, yeah. laundry detergent, Cleaners, soap detergent. Right. All that kind of stuff that's around your house. And then, you know, start looking at your clothes, where, you know, where your clothes made. You know, I think the one place that a lot of vegans are very challenged is with, you know, leather products with shoes. You know, there, mm-hmm. just because it's, there's a limited, there is not as many you know, resources as there are for other things. But what I would tell you, the other thing that I do a lot is I shop vintage. I buy vintage clothes and shoes so that at least, you know, it's not causing new, new harm. You know, it's all the harm's already there and I can use it and repurpose it. So I'm a big advocate of shopping in vintage stores using, you know, things that have already been used. Um, And then I would say though, that it sounds to me like you're having a little bit of a struggle, which is creating a little bit of, um, you know, violence in your within your own being. And what I mean, this is like resistance, like unease, like you feel uneasy about everything that you're doing. And you certainly do not want to live your life like that. So you have to get to a place where you make the best decision that you can in the moment and then you let it go. You know, it's not, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to get the list and be right to the letter down the line. So it's going to be a, 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 you know, a process. So allow yourself the process and focus on the things that you did that made a difference. And don't focus on the things that, you know, aren't, that aren't in the lifestyle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's wise. Good. 
All right, let's do one more. Um, this one is from Alex Buell. Uh, and Alex asks, uh, let's see. I have been noticing something interesting lately. Whenever I eat some meals, my stomach has been saying, stop, you're full, before I would normally be full. This person is, is embarking on the plant-based way of eating. Uh, have you guys run into this? Uh, the problem is I feel as though I should be eating more, but my body is saying no. I can't decide if this is my body's response to adequate nutrient uptake or to an adverse reaction to a certain food. It's so funny and ironic because most people are looking to – they would just love to be full eating something healthy, but they're like, I can't get full doing that, so I eat lousy foods. And then suddenly this person is like eating healthy and is freaking out because it's making, <laughs> it's making Alex full, and that's disconcerting. I would say it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. I mean, I think that, look, without knowing, you know, specifics about you and what you were doing before, I can't make like some kind of crazy medical diagnosis. But I would say, I would imagine that what is happening is you have increased the nutrient density in your food, which means that the foods you are eating are much higher in micronutrients and phytonutrients and minerals and vitamins and all of those sorts of things. And those are the things that, you know, your body really needs. When you're eating the standard American diet, you're eating a very high calorie diet, but you're not eating a very nutrient dense diet, right? So you can get fat while also starving yourself because your body really needs those nutrients in order to function properly. So now you're giving your body that and the body's saying, thank you. I don't need any more. I have what I need. And that is alarming. <laughs> you know, I think the other thing too is volumetrics. And this is what Chef AJ talks about all the time, which is <clears throat> if you eat you know, a tablespoon of oil that has a certain number of calories and you're not going to be full. And the equal amount of calories would in vegetables would fill your entire stomach and make you full, right? So mm -hmm. when you're eating plant-based foods, there's so much fiber and all of that, and it tends to, you know, fill you up. Mm -hmm. And it, it will be lower in calories, but higher in nutritional quality. And I think that that is, you know, a good path to be on. Mm -hmm. And I have one thing to add. I think that it is immensely powerful that you are getting a message from your body and that you can hear it. So that right there is, um, is a huge, huge, huge evolution. I would say listen to your body always and do not listen to your mind. So your body is telling you that it's full and then your mind is coming back like, wait, something might be wrong. Just listen to your body. Your body knows. Your body will guide you into eating and living the way um, that is right for you. Mm. I think that's a nice place to end it for today. Okay. Thanks for, think? yeah, beautiful. Anything else you want to say? Did we do it? I think we did it. Cool. Well, we it. Uh, thanks for taking this little journey with us today, everybody. Um, that was awesome. We're going to be doing, uh, we're doing another one of these next week. Right? That's right. I I'll be back. So. She'll be back next week. So keep sending us uh, your Q&A questions. Send them to info at richroll.com. And uh, we'll see you back here with Julie next week. For all the information, education, products, tools, resources, and inspiration you need to take your health, wellness, fitness, and self-actualization to the next level, where do you think you go for that? Richroll.com. There you go. <laughs> Garments, products, nutritional products, educational products. Uh, and also, if you're into online courses, go to mindbodygreen.com. We got two up there. 
the ultimate guide to plant-based nutrition, which Julie and I did together. It's about three and a half hours of streaming video content broken into five to 10 minute chunks, takes you through everything you need to know to get more plant powered. But if you want the recipes, you got to get the plant powered away. And then I have a course called the art of living with purpose, which is basically about goal setting, about uh, the internal work uh, required to unlock your best self. That's about, I think it's about two and a half hours of streaming video on that one. There's an online community. It's all pretty cool stuff. So check that out at mindbodygreen.com. Uh, if you're digging the podcast, take a minute to give us a review on iTunes. Pick up the free app to listen to episodes older than the most recent 50. And keep telling your friends. Keep using the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com. Keep Instagramming. And we will see you back here pretty soon. You want to take us out? Peace. Plants. <laughs> you're like laughing when you did that. Peace. What? No, you're supposed Why to you say namaste. Oh, I am? Oh, I am. now I do that? Yeah, All right. Should we do it, it. again? Okay, do it we'll again. try it. Ready? Ready, go. Peace. Plants. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs>
Still.